welcome to the Truth Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Benitez. I want to thank you guys for tuning in, listening in, and getting plugged in. I'm super excited. Uh, today we're continuing the series called Grace Not Works, Discovering the True Meaning of Grace. This is episode two. I'm super excited. Today I really want to talk about and focus in on Hebrews chapter four, which talks about the or entering the rest of God, entering the Sabbath rest. You see, the Sabbath, the Bible says that everything in the Old Testament was a, a type it was a shadow. It was a figure of the things to come. So when we look at the Old Testament Sabbath rest, and we're going to really get into it today, it was simply a type and shadow of our Sabbath, which we enter in when we cease from our own works and simply rest in His grace. And Hebrews chapter 4 really uh, magnifies it, really describes it in a very eloquent, uh, vivid way that we're going to kind of really get into the scriptures um, just verse by verse by verse, and it's really going to help you. You have to understand this. The Bible says that the word of God, that, that he sent his word and he sent forth his word, I should say, and it healed them and it delivered them from all their afflictions. I've learned this personally, and I want to give you, and I want to pass on this key or this tip to you. As we go in life, as we walk in life, as we grow in the Lord, as we mature, we have to realize that there are specific challenges that come to us. The Bible says that if the branch bears forth fruit, the Lord will prune it that it, that it will bear forth even much more fruit. You see, when you learn something, when you receive revelation knowledge and you run into a challenge in your life, and you apply what you just have learned. The Bible calls that wisdom. The Bible calls that wisdom. So you receive knowledge. But then in the midst of the challenge that you face in your life, you have to learn how to apply it. And in applying it, you are exercising yourself onto godliness. You are exercising yourself and becoming proficient in what you just have learned. So you receive knowledge, for example. I'll give you a very brief example. You receive knowledge and, and realize that, hey, if I'm carnally minded, it will produce death. But if I'm spiritually minded, it will produce life and peace. Philippians 4 goes on to tell us that if I think on these things, think, uh, think on what? Things that are pure, that are good, that are noble, that are praiseworthy. If I think on these things, it will produce life in my being. If I am Christ conscious, it will produce resurrection and life flowing through my soul, through my body. So when you come into a challenge and, and everything within your mind, everything within, <laughs> within you wants to worry, wants to just think carnally, wants to exert self-effort, it is in the midst of that challenge that you must remember what you have learned. It's like taking a test in school. You must remember what you have learned. And by the Spirit of God, apply what you just have learned, and that is wisdom. And as you keep doing it over and over and over again, just like a muscle, just like a physical muscle, you begin to exercise yourself onto godliness. The stronger you become, you learn how to, the Bible says that strong meat is for those who have exercised their senses. 
to discern both good and evil. So when you come into the midst of that challenge, the Bible says, when you go through the water, you will not be drowned. When you go through the fire, it will not touch you or harm you. When you go through every single challenge in life, you, re you put yourself into remembrance of that knowledge. You apply it, and thus it produces wisdom and maturity in your life and patience and character. The Bible says godliness afterwards. It yields the fruit of holiness, the Bible tells us. So I just really want to tell you, that was for someone out there that, hey, it is scriptural to be challenged, but it is unscriptural to be defeated in life. You have been given all things pertaining unto life and godliness. Realize that God has given you the answer and he gives you the answer and he supplies his power, his spirit to, to exercise yourself, to learn how to use that muscle, that spiritual muscle, so to speak. And when you use it over and over and over, it becomes easier and easier and easier. So let's focus on really receiving revelation knowledge. And let's focus on applying it. Because the Bible does tell us in the book of James that if we hear his word, but we do not do it, then we deceive ourselves. And man, trust me, I found myself in specific situations where I knew the answer, but for whatever reason, whether it's a maturity, whether I was yielding to the flesh, whatever it is, I knew the answer, but for whatever reason, I just didn't do it. And then I reaped the fruit of death. And then I'm like, wait, how did I just get here? But God always has given us the answer. And he supplies his spirit to exercise ourselves onto that perfection, onto that maturity. So let's, let's begin to not only hear the word, but also apply it to do it to apply this and we will yield wisdom and holiness and maturity in our lives i want to focus today also on hebrews chapter 4 like i've been talking about before i got into this but it was good i felt like that was really for someone out there hebrews chapter 4 what are we talking about today we're talking about discovering the true meaning of grace in the previous episode I basically released like a Holy Ghost, a spiritual atomic weapon, which I, or bomb like I always do for the first episode, basically to break down any type of stronghold, religious rhetoric, myths, just deceptions. The Bible does tell us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that the weapons that God has given unto us are specifically for this purpose to destroy human reasoning, to destroy carnal thinking to destroy, and our religion is carnal, to destroy religious thinking. And when we do that, we the Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if you have not listened to the first episode, man, I really want you, I really want to encourage you to go check it out. It's going to really richly bless you. Hebrews chapter 4. Man, this is, let's see where to start. Hebrews chapter 4 is probably one of the first chapters that as I received the revelation of grace, I began to read it. And it's crazy, man. It's like, you've, it's like you've never noticed a red car before. For instance, let's say you've never noticed a red Tesla before. And then all of a sudden, you receive the knowledge or the awareness that there is such a thing as a red Tesla. And then all of a sudden, you just start seeing it everywhere. It's the same exact thing as you receive, as I received, like the revelation knowledge of grace, all of a sudden, 
I started to read the scriptures and I was like, man, this is everywhere. This is everywhere. I started to read the scriptures through the lens of grace, through the lens of God's unconditional love. And I started to recognize that, man, this is everywhere in the scriptures. How come I never saw this? I've never seen it. What the heck? And Hebrews chapter four was one of those chapters that when I began to receive the revelation of grace, and I'm still learning. When I began to receive this revelation of grace, I saw Hebrews 4 and I began to understand the Old Testament type in shadows. I began to understand that, hey, in the Old Testament, a Sabbath, they were not allowed to work at all. Man, think about this. They were stoned to death if they worked on the Sabbath. Man, they got pissed at Jesus for healing can I say that word? I just did. God, they got really mad at Jesus for healing someone on the Sabbath day. They got mad at Jesus for even for even picking up uh, the 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 corn on the weeds on the fields on the Sabbath day for working. And it, and they were so strict in the Old Testament because it was for a reason. You see, you weren't even allowed to sweat. As the high priest in the Old Testament, you needed to wear specific type of clothing material because it was literally illegal for you to sweat. Signifying that we must cease from our effort, signifying that we must cease from our human effort in the New Testament of grace. The Old Testament shadow of of, of the Sabbath rest that you were not allowed to do anything. You weren't even allowed to pick up sticks. You were The only thing you were commanded to do during the Sabbath in the Old Testament was rest. Don't pick up sticks. Don't eat, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but someone was saying that you weren't even allowed to, to use the restroom <laughs> during the Sabbath day because it exerted energy. You see, they took it so serious because God ordained it this way because this was a type and shadow of our reality. You see, the Bible calls Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth. That word truth is reality. The Old Testament was types and shadows of what is now a reality in the New Testament of grace. So in the Old Testament, during the Sabbath, first of all, the high priests were not even allowed to sweat, signifying a... a, completely prohibiting any type of energy, self-effort. In the Old Testament, you couldn't even pick up sticks on Sabbath. So when we read Hebrews chapter 4 right now, I'm just painting this picture for you that we have now come into that Sabbath rest in the New Testament of grace. In the same exact way that you were stoned to death. I mean, we're not stoned to death nowadays. But in the same exact way that it was prohibited for you to even pick up sticks on the Sabbath day to a point where you were stoned to death. That It, it is that serious that God has called us to remove ourselves from our own self-effort. To remove ourselves from us trying to do it on our own. Trying to put in effort. And I'm telling you, man, because this is something that I've, I've needed the revelation light by the holy spirit to understand that the minute you listen to this the minute you try to do good by your own effort you put yourself under the law i know 
it's like counterintuitive. But like I mentioned in the previous episode, that God's ways are not our ways. The Bible says that his ways, that as the heavens are far above from the earth, so are God's ways from the man, from man's ways. Numbers 23, God is not a man. You see, we, our carnal mind, the Bible says that it is an enemy against God. That's why Second Corinth chapter 10 says that our weapons are to destroy human reasonings. I mentioned this in a previous episode that grace is not an empowerment. You see, we think that if we do good, we're going to get good. If we do bad, we're going to get bad. What is that called? That's called human reasoning. That's not the way that God thinks. And it's a insult for us to attribute, to attribute our fallen, corrupted human characteristics to God. Because God is not a man. He doesn't think the way that we think. We think if this person does good, I'll be good to them. If they do bad, I won't be so nice to them. But God is the opposite. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, while we were ungodly, while we were enemies, while we hated God, he lavishly poured out his love on us. And now much more being reconciled unto God, we shall be saved from wrath through his life. So grace, this is a paradigm shift, man. You have to, and this takes humility to humble ourselves and realize that, hey, the way that we think is not the way that God thinks. So let's read Hebrews chapter 4 and let's talk about for the next 17 minutes. <laughs> let's talk about this Sabbath rest that is now a reality in this New Testament of grace. Let's just take it from the top. Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, Let us therefore fear lest the promise being left of us of entering his rest. Remember, Hebrews chapter 4 is telling us that the Old Testament, a type and shadow of the Sabbath, is now a reality in our daily lives under the New Testament of grace. As serious as the, as the nation of Israel took the Sabbath, in the Old Testament, to a point where they were not even allowed to exert any energy. They were commanded to cease from their own works. Sound familiar? They were commanded to cease from their own works, to stop trying to do it on their own, to just simply rest. That type and shadow is now a reality in the New Testament of grace. Hebrews 4, 2 says this, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, talking about the nation of Israel. But the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Listen to this. For we which have believed do enter into rest. So he's saying, hey, this gospel was preached to the nation of Israel, but because they did not mix faith with what they have heard, they did not enter in to the rest of God. Verse 3 says, we just read it, but we who have believed, we who have believed, we do enter into that rest. Verse 4 says, for he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest from the seventh, on the seventh day from all his works. 
verse 5. And in this place again, this is talking about the Old Testament. If they enter, if they shall enter into my rest, verse 6, seeing therefore, listen to this, seeing therefore it remains that some must enter into that rest. And they, Israel, to whom it was first preached, did not enter in. Why? Because of unbelief. Verse 9, let's skip down because uh, there's a lot to cover. Verse 9 says, there remains therefore a rest to the people of God. So he's saying, hey, this gospel was preached to the nation of Israel, but because they did not mix faith with what they have just heard, they could not enter into the rest, into the Sabbath rest. Not a day, but a reality. They could not enter into this reality of the Sabbath because of unbelief. But verse 9 says, but there remains therefore a rest, a, a Sabbath, of the reality of the Sabbath. There remains a rest to the people of God. Verse 10, for he that enters into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. That's a, such a powerful scripture. For he, he who has believed, he who makes faith with what they are hearing. Verse 10, for he, that, for he that is entered into his rest, this Sabbath rest, he also has ceased from his own works, just as God did on the seventh day. God rested, the Bible says in Genesis, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. He didn't rest because of physical exhaustion. God doesn't get tired, but he rested as in it is completed. There is nothing more for me to do. So God rested on the seventh day. We just read, there remains a rest to the people of God. For he, verse 10, Hebrews 4.10, I want you to write this down, memorize it, meditate on it. For he that enters into this rest that we're talking about, this Sabbath rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. The NLT says this, for, for all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. Let's keep reading. I'm going to read a couple other translations. The NIV says, for anyone who enters God's rest also rest from their works just as God did from his. That's good. The Amplified Classic, for he who has once entered God's rest has also ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors, just as God rested from those labors on his seventh day. So we see that this is talking about a fulfilling of the Old Testament type and shadow of the Sabbath. So we're talking about grace here. And I want you to realize this. There is, not, there is nothing left for you to do. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all. That word all in the Greek means all. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. There is nothing left for you and I to do but to rest 
God is not healing you. God has already healed you. For by his stripes, you were healed. You don't have to fast. You see, this is this is this is the core of it, okay? You don't have to do anything, i.e. works. You don't have to do anything to get God to do something because God is not moving. God has entered into his rest on the seventh day and he remains there. You see, we think that if we fat, we're fasting to get God to move, but God is not moving. He is resting. God has finished everything and he is resting. He is in his Sabbath right now. So you're not fasting to get healed. You're not fasting to get prospered. You're not fasting to get the favor of God because the Bible says that you are accepted in the beloved. And that word accepted means you are highly favored already in Luke chapter 2. Just like, just like he told, the angel told Mary, you are highly favored. Same exact word used. So you're not fasting. You're not, uh, your holiness doesn't produce the favor of God. You are already favored. Your fasting doesn't produce healing in your crusades. God has already healed everybody. By his stripes, you were healed. You see, whatever, just fill in the bank. Your holiness, your holy conduct, how good you've been, how much you fast, how much you read, how much you give whether you tithe or not, you see all these works, they're good. But recognize that this is a heart position. You're not doing these works, these good works, and they are good works. You're not doing these good works to get God to move. You're not doing these good works to get God to bless you. You are not doing these good works to get God to favor you. You are not doing these good works to produce the results in your crusades. You are not doing these good works and whatever, whatever, you fill in the blank. The Bible says that everything, everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness in the epistle of St. Peter has been given unto us. You attach that with, you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God has already blessed us He's already favored us. There is nothing left for him to do. And in the same exact token, there is nothing left for us to do to receive the favor of God, to receive our healing, to receive our prosperity, to receive whatever you're believing God for. It's already done. You already have it. What we need to do, just like Hebrews chapter 4 says, he that enters into his rest has stopped has ceased from his own works just as god did from his the bible goes on to tell us let us let us labor to enter into that rest what, what is left for you and i to do is believe god and rest what, what's left for us to do is the bible says in the book of romans chapter 5 that we have access into this grace by faith what does that mean? What we have to do is believe in his goodness. Put faith in what's already done. Grace is what God has done in exemption from our works. 
we just we went over that in the previous episode it's not based on works it's god doing it exempting our works so recognizing that god has already blessed us recognizing that god has already lavished his favor upon us what is left for us to do is to believe you see the nation of israel didn't enter into this rest it was offered to them the bible says that this gospel was preached unto the nation of israel in hebrews 4 as well as unto us but it didn't profit them because they didn't mix faith with it and the bible says in the end of this chapter so we see that they could not enter into this rest because of their unbelief so what's left for us to do the bible says let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the example of unbelief what's left for us to do is to believe if you believe right the bible says as a man thinks in his heart so is he when you believe correctly you will produce the correct results in your life proverbs 23 so what's left for us to do this is grace right here this is god already has done everything your fasting your prayers your holiness your lack of holiness your uh, whatever it is fill in whatever your tithing your giving your you know you working five days a week out of you know for volunteering at a church all these things are good and i want to and i really want to make this claim or disclosure i have to say yes these good works the bible says that actually that we have been ordained in ephesians chapter 2 to do these good works i still do these good works don't get me wrong but you but i don't do them to get god to do something for me that's called a bribe if i give you something cunningly expecting you to do something for me that's witchcraft that's trying to manipulate the person you see i do the you see i do righteous acts because i've come to the understanding that i am already righteous in my spirit i was created in righteousness and holiness the bible says in ephesians so because i understand that i was born and i was created righteous i was i am the very righteousness of god as a gift romans chapter 4 says that i've been gifted and so have you i've been gifted this righteousness of god and recognizing hey i am the very righteousness of god therefore i do righteous acts i do good deeds i do good works not to get god to move not to get god to bless me not to get god to give me favor not to produce miracles in my crusades but i do it because that's my nature that's who i am because i love god i do it not to get god to move i don't fast to bind the stronghold this is all old testament and we have to recognize that that the law has changed in fact the old testament law ephesians 2 15 says that he came and he abolished it so you have to recognize that there has been a change my friend so all these good deeds are well and good and you should do them but you must do them with your heart posture understanding that god has already given you everything 
He's already given you your healing. He's already given you your prosperity. He's already given you everything you can you can imagine. Favor. The Bible says that every promise of God is yea and amen in Christ. All the promises from Genesis to Revelation are yours. He's gifted you everything. He's blessed you with the blessing of Abraham. The Bible says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I will make your name great. The Bible says, he is my shield. So everything, every promise, when you recognize this, that, that there is no more promises left. Every promise in Christ is yes and amen. Every promise has been given to you. It's been fulfilled in us, according to Hebrews chapter 10. Every Every single promise from the Old Testament, from the Noahic covenant, from the Psalms, everything you can possibly see in the scriptures, it belongs to you. Mix your faith and understand that every promise belongs to you, that God has given you everything. Why? Because you are good? No. Did he give you everything because because what? Because of your fasting? Because of your holiness? Because you're separated? Because of your level of consecration? No. He's given you everything exempting your works the, the bible tells us in, in romans 11 verse 6 that if it was based on works then it wouldn't be grace it is by god's grace that he's given us everything regardless of our behavior regardless so you have to understand that that's why the bible has commanded us to enter into this rest Believe that he is this good and rest, cease from your works. Stop relying on your works. Recognize that you have already got it. Everything belongs to you. This is what the Bible calls grace. He's given you everything already. He's given you everything. Now, will you believe it and enter into that rest? Or will you fall after the same example of Israel because of their unbelief? And we read because of their unbelief, they couldn't enter into this rest. So our responsibility is to say, I believe, I believe, I believe, and I receive every single promise that is in the scriptures. It has been fulfilled in me. There's nothing left for me to do to get God to do something. Grace, this is what grace is. God has given you everything. Not based on your works. So you don't do these good acts to move, quote unquote, God. You do them because that's, that's who you are. A dog barks because he's a dog. I do righteous deeds. I know it's a weird comparison, but whatever. Just stick with me. I do righteous deeds because I am righteous. You see? I don't do them to get God to bless me. I'm already blessed with the very blessing of Abraham. And he will make my name great. He will bless those who bless me. And the same goes for you. So when you recognize that, you enter into rest. I rest, it's finished, I believe, I receive it, and I walk it out. So I want to leave you guys with that. This is the rest of God that has been gifted to you and to me. Now mix faith, 
believe it, and I'm telling you, you'll see the spiritual blessing manifest in your life. There is a spiritual realm, there's a physical realm. And the Bible says, as your soul prospers, everything else will prosper. How do you get the spiritual blessing into the physical blessing, you may ask? Through revelation. You see it, and it's yours. So I want to leave you guys with that. Stay tuned for episode three. I got a special guest on scheduled for the next episode. Love you guys. See you soon. Hey guys, we want to thank you for tuning in. We pray that this quickened your heart. If you'd like to give a one-time or become a monthly partner, visit our website and hit that Give Now button up at the top. We thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything God has already given you. By grace, through faith.